0: Pastor Mark, thank you so much, and Pastor Kathy, for your welcome and your love and your hospitality uh, being looked after so well. Uh, We came down yesterday and had a little walk around uh, Kensington, which was gorgeous. Uh, I live in a village of less than 400 people, so there's more people in my hotel than live in my village, Um, so it was really, really wonderful to be here. We love coming to London, and uh, we love just being around our capital. And believing that God has a great plan for this city. Yeah. Amen. Yes, yeah. we'll come What a wonderful privilege it is to serve Jesus, right? to know Jesus, I've had the privilege of following Jesus since I was eight years old, and the more I go on in following him, the more I am, the more I am overwhelmed by his grace, His generosity, his goodness, yeah. his loving kindness, yeah. his mercy. And it's a wonderful privilege to serve him. I you know I could have woke up this morning and been doing anything with my life and I get to do this. And I I really am just overwhelmed by the goodness of the Lord and to be able to worship with his people, even those in the business class seats is absolutely wonderful. And to be able to worship together, what a privilege it really is. And I I do have a word on my heart. I hope I'll be able to get through it. (laughs) I don't know what's going on with me, but there we are. Uh, It's just the presence of the Lord and it's wonderful to worship. And I do have a word that I wanna try and share from Luke chapter nine. So if you've got a Bible with you and you wanna follow with me, it would be great whether it's on your smartphone, or your tablet, or you even have one with pages like mine, grab your Bible and we're gonna read from Luke chapter nine. It is a wonderful joy to have Dawn with me. Uh, Dawn and I will be married uh, this summer, 34 years. and uh, She is apart from genuinely following Jesus, I know preachers say this stuff, but genuinely apart from following Jesus, she is the best decision I have ever made. Absolutely right. We have three children together. Uh, Our oldest is 28, which is hard to believe. Uh, But we have a 28-year-old who's also a children's pastor. What a joy that is. And she and her husband serve in the church that we're a part of up in Sunny Scullethorpe, up north somewhere. Um, Our son, Simeon, is 25. He lives and works in Gloucester. And then our youngest, Beth Ann, she's at Regent's Bible School. Uh, She's a second year at Bible School. She's 20, coming on 21. And then we have our gorgeous sausage dogs who say hello to you all. Um, Pepperoni and Salami. Um, Send their regards. They sounded like cool names until they get lost. And then adults shouting pepperoni. It's, it's It's a bit weird, but there we are. And it's my joy today to share the word of God. So, hopefully, you found Luke chapter 9, verse 28. And it says these words About eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up on a mountain to pray. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was to bring about in fulfillment in Jerusalem. Peter and his companions were very sleepy or literally heavy with sleep. But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. As the men were leaving Jesus, Peter said to him, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us put up three shelters one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Luke asks, adds, he did not know what he was saying. While he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them, and they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son whom I have chosen. Listen to him. When the voice had spoken, They found that Jesus was alone. The disciples kept this to themselves and told no one at that time what they had seen. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful words. You'll have to excuse me. I need to blow my nose. I'm really sorry. Bless you. The story we've just read represents one of the greatest moments in the ministry of Jesus. If you were to highlight the highlights of the ministry of Jesus, this would be probably in the top three or the top five, maybe. It's an incredible moment. Your Bible may have it entitled as the transfiguration. A moment when we see something of the magnificence of the godness of Jesus break out through his humanity. Up to this point, we, we we understand him as God in flesh, but this moment is a moment where three humans, Peter, James, and John, can see something of this incredible godness of Jesus breaking out and being revealed. It's as if the Father has allowed the curtains to be pulled back and for us to take a little peek at the magnificence of Jesus. It is an incredible moment, and yet... Peter, James, and John nearly missed it. Don't know if you noticed in our little story together, in that little text it says that they were heavy with sleep. Now there's probably good reason for that. They've just climbed up a mountain after all. They are young men. They've been very, very busy. There's been a lot going on. But Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, especially with him, up this mountain, and it says they were heavy... With sleep. And then it says this Dr. Luke brings a beautiful contrast between the heavy with sleep and the next phrase. He says, But when they became fully awake, they saw his glory. And as I was approaching the end of 2021, I felt the Holy Spirit. I felt the Holy Spirit quicken this to me. And He said this to me John, stay awake. Stay awake so you can see the glory of God. And something quickened inside my, my spirit and in my heart. And, and this has become, for me personally, a, a sort of a, a word that I'm holding on to in 2022. And when Pastor Mark invited me to hear, it, was, it just jumped into my heart. It, it was like, even though I felt the Holy Spirit give this to me, it felt like I needed to share that with you today. And the Holy Spirit would say to us at Kensington Temple, stay awake. Because if you stay awake you'll see his glory. You'll see his glory. Now I know we live in a world and we are busy and and we've got millions of things on in our world and and there could be a lot of things in us and around us that would make us heavy with sleep. I get it. I I live in the same planet as you. I understand the stresses and the strains and the anxieties of this, but we live in an amazing moment in human history. We live in a moment of great turmoil and great trouble and great hardship, and yet I believe it is a moment of phenomenal opportunity for the church of Jesus Christ. I believe that this is a moment of opportunity like never before in the history of the world. And I believe God wants to do something in us as individuals. I believe He wants to do something in us as a community and a church. I believe He wants to do something in this wonderful city that we live in the capital of our nation. I believe he wants to do something across the earth. But I believe it will be through a people who are awake. And the enemy wants us heavy with sleep. Because when we're heavy with sleep, there is a chance we could miss his glory. But when we are fully awake, we can see something that the Lord wants to do in us and wants to do through us. And and, and I believe this with all of my heart, that, that even for KT, for this church, there is a season of, of, of awakeness. God wants us to be awake for something in particular that He wants to do. He wants to do in us and He wants to do through us. I hope it makes sense to you. But, but this story... It's a story that is so filled with contrast because on the one hand you have a magnificent demonstration of the, of the awesomeness of Jesus and it's almost missed because three people were a bit heavy with sleep. But when they became fully awake they saw his glory. Amen. And for a few moments I want to encourage you about three reasons why we need to stay fully awake. And then we'll pray together and worship together. Is that okay? Three reasons to stay fully awake. Number, reason number one, he wants to transform the ordinary with his glory. He wants to transform the ordinary with his glory. Verse 28 tells us that Jesus went up on a mountainside. Just went up a mountain. Now what's really interesting is that Dr. Luke doesn't tell us what mountain. Doesn't give us the name of the mountain, doesn't tell us where the mountain was or which mountain it was. Because for Dr. Luke, the mountain's not important. It's not important where this happened. What's important is it who made it happen. What's important is not the sacredness of the place, but the sacredness and glory of the person. But what I love about this is the contrast. You've got the ordinariness of the mountain, just a mountain. And you've got the magnificence of the glory of Jesus on that mountain. And I want to grab this idea that the glory and magnificence of Jesus wants to invade the ordinary mountains of our world. He wants to come into our ordinary. He wants to come into our routine. He wants to come into our everyday He wants to live among us. He wants to be in us and work through us so that his glory is seen in the ordinary, in the routine, in the mundane, in the everyday. He wants to bring his glory into the ordinary. Because that's where we live, right? We have, we have wonderful moments like this that are extraordinary, but most of our lives are taken up with just, we're doing ordinary things every day. We live in ordinary streets. We, we, we do sort of jobs that in many respects are routine and ordinary. And yet he wants to bring his glory into that. We see this in creation. God makes the first human, perfectly formed human man lying on the ground. If you and I went back in a time machine, we would know that was a human man lying on the ground, the first man, perfectly formed, but lifeless. And then the Bible says this, and I love the Hebrew text on this, literally says he breathed up his nostrils. Got to love that, right? Now, the reason, of course, is because the man's mouth would have been closed. Uh, or maybe he had a, an extraordinary blessed set of nostrils like me. I don't know what it was. But God breathed up his nostrils. And it says this, that he became a living being into the ordinary dust came glory. Humans came alive in God because the glory of God, the breath of God, the power of God invaded the ordinary dust of the ground. And we are, literally as we look at each other, we are dust and glory. We are evidence that God wants to live in the ordinary, that God wants to invest Himself into the routine, that God wants to come into something that others may view just as dust but he sees his glory in it when when the god when god the son came to earth john tells us that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us and we have seen what his glory the glory of the one and only son that when people looked at jesus he looked at one level so ordinary so routine so normal so first century jewish And yet the glory of God was within him. The power of God, the majesty of God, the person of God lived in this human body. We serve a God who wants to live in the ordinary. (laughs) He doesn't want to take us out of the ordinary. He wants to move into the ordinary with us. And as humans, we live in a world full of trouble, and we want to escape the world, right? We want to get out of here, stop the world. I want to get off. And we want to sort of escape and find something amazing and spectacular. And we serve a God who's saying, No, no, let me come into the ordinary. Let me come into your world. Let me come in and invest myself into you, into your street, into your family, into your home, into your business, into your everyday, into your routine so that my glory can be seen in the ordinary, in just an ordinary mountain. And he wants the people, he wants the people awake to that idea. So often we're looking for the spectacular, and that's cool. I'm up for that. And uh, I've been raised in a Pentecostal church. I, I, I was raised by Pentecostal parents. I became a follower of Jesus at eight. So I've been surrounded by seeking after God and searching after God all of my life, and I love that. And I would never, ever want to discourage that at all. But we serve a God who wants to come into our ordinary worlds. He wants to invest himself into the ordinariness and the routineness and the everydayness of our world. And he wants to reveal his glory on our mountain. He wants to reveal his glory in our street. He wants to reveal his glory in our world and through us. And if we will be awake to that, he will do it. He will do it. If we're not awake to that, we'll never see it. We'll never see His glory in the office if we're not awake to that. We'll never see His glory in our street if we're not awake to that possibility. We'll never see His glory in our own personal sense of ordinariness if we're not awake to that. But if we're awake to that, we could see His glory. I don't know if that makes sense to you, but I believe the Holy Spirit's nudging that for us today. That He wants us to be awake so that He can transform the ordinary with His glory. Here's the second idea, really quickly. That He wants to reveal Himself to us and through us. Such a simple idea, but it's powerful. Don't know if you noticed in our reading, verse 28, it says, uh, About eight days after Jesus Said this. I don't know if you noticed that right at the beginning of the reading, about eight days after. Now, if you're reading those stories, you're going, what happened eight days before? Now, if your Bible's anything like mine, it has these lovely headings, and it sections the readings off in headings. And sometimes that's really helpful because it helps you with what's coming next. Sometimes it's really unhelpful because they put the heading in just the wrong place. And sometimes they split stories up that shouldn't be split up. What happened eight days before? Eight days before Jesus is with his young disciples. And he asked them a question. He says, who do people say I am? Now that was an easy question for them to answer. Because all they had to do was like find out, repeat what people said about Jesus. But then he cranks the pressure up and he said, but what about you? Who do you say I am? Now in Luke's version... Luke says that Peter says you are the Christ of God, the Messiah of God, all right? Now Matthew, and you have to remember Matthew's gospel written by a Jewish writer to a Jewish audience gives us much more detail. Matthew wants to make sure his Jewish audience don't miss a thing. Remember, Luke is a Gentile writing to a Gentile world. So Luke's just giving them the big headline here, okay? You're the Christ of God. When Matthew comments on this, he says that Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus says to Peter, you didn't learn this. This was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. And then he said this remarkable thing. He says, and on this rock... I will build my called out community. I'll build my new community. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Now what's the rock? Well, well, I, I don't think the rock is Peter. Not even Peter admits to being the rock. But I think the rock was the confession that Peter made. This revelation confession. This confession, it wasn't learned by, by going to school or wasn't found in a, in a text. This was a revelation from the Father, the first time a Jewish person had ever put together the words, "You are the Christ, the Son of a Living God." The first time in recorded human history, anyone had ever said that. Amazing. And Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build my church because His church is a supernatural church. It must be built on a supernatural foundation to withstand a supernatural onslaught. If the church is built on a human, then God help us all. But if the church is built on this powerful revelation, then this revelation is a supernatural revelation. And on the basis of that supernatural revelation, a supernatural community is called. And on the basis of that supernatural community, on that supernatural revelation, we can wage a supernatural war for the salvation of men and women on the earth. And see them saved and see lives transformed. And even when the whole world is shaking... The called out community will not shake because we're not built on a man. We're not built on humans. We're not built on a clever idea. We are built on a supernatural revelation of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God. That's why we stand. Peter gets all that. And eight days later, he goes up a mountain and he sees Jesus in a way he's never seen Him before. Wow! He's got this revelation eight days before. You're the Christ, the Son of the living God. Wow! And then eight, eight days later, he's now seen the glory of God leak out of Jesus all over the place. He's seen Jesus in a way that frazzled their mind. In fact, they couldn't even talk about it when they came down the mountain. Even though Peter had a revelation of Jesus, because his eyes were open, he saw something fresh about Jesus. One of the reasons that Jesus wants our eyes opened is because he wants to continuously reveal himself to us. He wants to show himself to his church. So, John, I've already met Jesus. Absolutely so have I. But he wants our eyes to be open so we see him afresh, so we see him anew, so we see him in ways we have never seen him before. Or we see him in fresh and new ways on the basis of the things we believe we already see and know. Because when we see him, everything changes. But I want you to notice something. Straight after this moment on, on this mountain, they, they go down the mountain and they are confronted in Luke 9 by a young boy who is demon-possessed. And the disciples who were left behind couldn't sort that out. And Jesus comes back down the mountain and delivers the young boy. And the Bible says this uh, right at the end of the passage, and they were all amazed at the greatness of God. And, and here's, here's the thing. Any revelation of Jesus we get on the mountain is always to take that revelation down to our world in order that our world is touched and changed by that revelation. The revelation of Jesus that we seek for is not to keep to ourselves, is not to to keep inside the four walls of the Christian community, is is not to, to make us special. Anything we get about Jesus is always Always, always, so that we will take the glory of that revelation and share it with the world around us and give it to those who don't yet know who He is. So that His revelation that to us is shared with a community that wants to bring that to our world. And He wants a community that is centered on Him. A Jesus-centered community. Can I encourage you? I don't know how you read the Bible, what your plan is in reading the Bible, but can I encourage every follower of Jesus in this room to read Jesus every day? I know it probably sounds obvious to a group like this, but I'm past the moments where I think everything's obvious. Read Jesus. Whatever else you're reading, read Jesus. Whatever else you're doing, read Jesus. Make sure that every day of your life, well, John, I've read Matthew. Read it again. I've read, look, read it again, but read it slower. Read it, and before you read it, say, Lord, open my eyes. Let me be fully awake. Let me be fully awake so that I can see the glory of Jesus in this text. So that I can see the one who has the power to go down the mountain and change the lives of the people around us. Let me see that glory. I don't want it to be a piece of information in my head. I want it to be a revelation in my heart so that I can go to my world and bring something of your glory to my world. Lord Jesus, I've read this story a million times. Let me see it again. Let me say it again every single day. I open up the word of God and I pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Open my eyes that I may see Jesus. Open my eyes that I can see him afresh. Because if I see him, everything changes. Everything changes. Because he is enough. Enough. I don't know if that makes sense to you. I don't know if it encourages you or not, but, but I believe the Holy Spirit is saying to us, stay awake because I want to reveal myself to you and through you. This isn't just for the preacher. This isn't just for the pastor. It isn't just for your cell group leader. It's for every person who aspires to love and serve Jesus. Every human on planet earth, there is a desire within God to reveal himself, not only to us, but through us. Here's the last idea. I'm going to ask the band. Is the band going to join us? I don't even know where they are. (laughs) Here's the last idea and we'll pray. He wants us to stay awake so that his word shapes our words. Look at this. Dear old Peter, when Peter sees what's going on, he just opens his mouth. I, I like Peter. I know we give Peter a hard time, and I understand why we do give him a hard time, but he's a bit of a have a go person. I quite like Peter. I like his heart. I like his passion. I like his rawness. I'd rather be surrounded by Peters than, well, I won't say who, but you know what I mean. (laughs) And in a burst of enthusiasm, and I get it. I get what he's doing. Who knows, we may have done the same thing. He says, Master, this is amazing. He says, let's build some shelters and stay here. Build a shelter for you. Build a shelter for Moses and build a shelter for, for Elijah. We can, we can live here happily ever after. And Dr. Luke, beautifully, kindly, tongue-in-cheekly, says he didn't know what he was saying. And he didn't. And the story could have finished there, but can I dare to suggest that the father understands, Peter mustn't have the last word on this story. As wonderful as Peter is, he can't have the last word because his words are not the word that we need to hear. God doesn't want us to build shelters on mountains. He doesn't want us to keep him all to himself. He doesn't want us to say, this is wonderful. Let's stay here. Even though there's something with us all that would be very, 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 very happy with that. The father covers him with a cloud and the father speaks. And these are the final words of the story. This is my son. I've chosen him. Listen. Listen to him. The words we are to listen to here are not Peter's. Peter's words are wrong. I understand the passion. I understand the enthusiasm. But if we built our world on Peter's words, we would miss the point completely. The father has to interject. The father has to speak over Peter. Say, no, 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 Peter. Peter, you don't get the final word on this story, lad. Listen to Him. Listen to Jesus. Listen to His words, because it's His words that must shape our words. It's His words that must change our thinking. It's His words that help our words become words of life and power. Our words alone are just information, but His words in us are revelation. Our words alone just inform people, but His words in us transform people. It's not information the world needs. The world doesn't need any more information. The world's got Google. They can get all the information they want. What the world needs today, more than any moment in human history, is a community that has revelation, not just information. A community that knows their God and could do exploits. A community that knows that Jesus Christ is Lord. A community that knows that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Not just here in a beautiful, magnificent gathering like this, and it's been wonderful, but out there. In the ordinary moments, in our offices, in our streets, in our relationships, in the everyday, in the routine, a community that knows their God. Yes. That's what our world needs. And as we look at our planet, it's like a drunk man staggering around in madness. Jesus wants to reveal his glory, not from a mountain but from you. (laughs) Through you. Look around you. You are the carriers of the glory of God. Look at the person beside you. Look at the person behind you. Look at yourself in the mirror. You are the carriers of the glory of God. He's not gonna shine it from a mountain. He's gonna shine it from you. You are his possession. You are his masterpiece. You are his community. You are the ones that he loves. He wants to shine that glory through you. And if we will have the courage to keep our eyes open and not fall asleep, (laughs) then maybe, just maybe, the world will see his glory through people like us. Broken people, ordinary people. People who look like every other person. But what sets us apart is that we have a Jesus story. Every human has a story. Seven billion of us on the planet. And every one of us have a story. But only certain people have a Jesus story. And it's the Jesus story that will change the world. As I bring this to a conclusion, let me just show you one more thing and I'm done. Luke chapter 9, verse 29 it says and as he, that's Jesus, was praying. As he was praying, all of this happened. And and if you if you've read the gospel of Luke, you might hear an echo. Luke chapter 3, Jesus steps into the river Jordan to be baptized. And it says this, And as he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit came on him in bodily form like a dove. And the voice of the Father spoke, This is my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Isn't Isn't that a coincidence? Two of the greatest moments in the life and ministry of Jesus where the Holy Spirit comes and the Father speaks, where the heavens open and His glory is revealed and the Father speaks, isn't it a coincidence that in both occasions Jesus just happened to be praying? Hear the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. That if you will stay awake and pray, if you will pray as you are praying, the heavens will open. As you are praying, the Father will speak. As you are praying, the Holy Spirit will come. As you are praying, the glory of the Lord will be revealed. Jesus was God in flesh, and yet as he was praying, the glory of God was revealed. I don't know about you, but I want to stay awake. I'm so broken, I'm so stupid at times. I'm so selfish at times. There are times when I'm heavy with sleep, but I wanna stay awake. I wanna stay awake for Ukraine. I wanna stay awake for my village. I wanna stay awake for my family. I want to stay awake for the world around me. I want to stay awake because I've come to the conclusion there is a God in heaven. Who loves the world so much that He stepped into the ordinary and revealed His glory. And He's looking for a community who will stay awake so that He can reveal His glory to us and through us.